Hello, everybody. This is Pasha Marlowe, and you are at the Let's Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. With us today is Maureen McCarthy Darling, who is a therapist and a friend and a colleague and another fabulous woman who lives right around my town. People are like, how do you have so many phenomenal women living in your neighborhood and town? I don't know. Maybe I'm lucky. Maybe I'm a magnet for it. Maybe all these fabulous women are everywhere and we just need to seek them out. But you are one of them. Maureen McCarthy Darling is a 30-year licensed clinical social worker and recently a life coach transforming the lives of women through her Women's Wisdom and Awakening group. She releases paralyzing beliefs and limiting beliefs and moves people onto their path of true discovery and joy. I will let Maureen tell you more, but I'm excited to have you here, Maureen. Well, thank you so much for having me, Pasha. I am thrilled to be with you and my neighbor and my friend and another magnificent coach and therapist. <laughs> thank you. We have a unique perspective of coming from the world of therapy and you're still, I know, dabbling and tra um, transitioning. Uh, I left it a while ago, but it does bring us a different perspective of the constructs of therapy, which are different than the constructs of life coaching. So how has that transition been for you? Just out of curiosity, are you, are you enjoying it? Like the, the yeah. change? Yeah, I think to, when I look at how I even approached uh, therapy, I was always very um, start where the client is. Mm -hmm. the clients would come in, especially if they had worked with someone else and say, oh, I don't want to start from the beginning of my life. And I don't want to have to repeat everything. And I always would say, we're going to start where you are. We're going to mm -hmm. start why you're here. And if what something that happened in your past is relevant, it's going to come up yeah. and we'll connect the dots. So I've always been very proactive, very engaged, very instructional instructional in my work with clients anyway, giving homework, you know, doing something to keep the movement going. Mm -hmm. And everything I do, I approach from a, a perspective of, is this healing? Yes. You know, taking a walk can be healing. I love yes. the, I love, or therapeutic. I love the word therapeutic. And we look at it as only therapy. And I say, you could do something that for you is going to be extremely therapeutic. It may not right. be in the context of being in someone's office. Absolutely. So I look at everything I do and my offerings as, is it more healing? Is it more therapeutic? Is it more life enhancing? And it, will it get this person, particularly women, moving into their greatness so that guess what? They just can't keep it to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> right. They just become so empowered. They have to share. That's right. I I call my um, line of work now therapeutic comedy. So I'm kind of combining the two. But I remember when I was a therapist and this is back in the nineties, but I wasn't able to within the constructs of therapy at that time, take a client out for a walk. It just wasn't, you just stayed in your office, you know? And um, I found that very limiting. So I'm glad that it's expanding. But even with that expansion, what do you feel like people gain from you as a coach that they might not have as a therapist? Yeah. Well, I think, again, a lot of the philosophy between coaching and therapy is like, oh, keep them very separate. And it's like taking someone who's been, let's say, in the business world and building and building and becoming an expert over 30 plus years. Would you say, well, don't, so leave that behind because that might be a conflict of interest. 
where I'd say, I'm going to bring every single thing I've learned so far. Yeah. Because, you know, doing it for this long, doing it in my own life, in my own healing journey, mm-hmm. why would I leave it out? So I am really finding that I'm really masterful, especially with women in connecting the dots. And I like to call it weaving. I feel like mm. I'm weaving because it might be something from the past over here and I bring it over here and it's creating this beautiful, beautiful, mm. solid piece that they're discovering or we're discovering together. That's a beautiful image. You should use that for your marketing, how you weave it all in. Yes. It's like you're creating this beautiful, you know, quilt of all the different aspects of their, of their life in bringing in all of your different work and gifts and modalities. Um, Right. Because once you've learned something, it's hard not to incorporate it and integrate it into a session. So, um, so yes, your clients are fortunate to have you with 30 years of experience and, and wisdom and perspective. So that's fantastic. And right now you're focusing on women and uh, women's wisdom. What do you mean by that? Ah, good question. Wisdom. Well, I feel like, and again, in claiming, I speak to you on this as well. And you and I have talked, you know, personally and privately, the more I claim and truly just acknowledge, wow, I have done this. Like I have, 30 years of experience working with a huge population of different people over the course Mm -hmm. of my life. And I'm so grateful in what I have learned there from the work and from my clients, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I'm forgetting your question. Wisdom, what you meant (laughs) by wisdom. Yeah. So for me, it's sharing my knowledge and is sharing my wisdom. Yeah. Nice. I want to do the same for other women because, you know, whether you're 28 or 75 Mm. what are our there's the sort of the quilt again where are our stories that are of value not only to me but to other women yes how have you not only survived something but actually are thriving because of the experience that you had that you that you lived through yeah and how can you reframe that so that it is a benefit to you versus that it's one of those places that you are continued to be blocked and paralyzed. Yes. And that reminds me of our, our ancient wisdom, our inherited wisdom, which of course, unfortunately often goes hand in hand with inherited traumas, but that too provides us perspective and wisdom. So do you often with your clients um, go back before their birth to generations of knowledge and wisdom that their ancestors held? I absolutely do. And even if we do not know the stories of our ancestors, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I say, what may be affecting you now, it lives in your body. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's an absolute thing that we carry on from our DNA and our ancestors. Yes. So if our ancestors, for instance, came over one or two generations ago, so that they immigrated to the United States, Mm -hmm. well, did they come with $5 in their pocket? Mm -hmm. They come and I'm of Irish descent. Um, Irish need not apply. So mm-hmm. what was the struggle? How did they survive? And we are in, hopefully more so for many of us, not everyone, um, more in a, in a time period where we potentially can thrive. We don't have to be in such survival mode as perhaps our ancestors had to be. But we might have inherited some of those limiting beliefs about money, for instance, if if there was that aspect in our um, absolutely in our or or mm-hmm. tying into pleasure. Mm-hmm. Has, Thank you. Thanks for tying time, it back. Who has time or the luxury 
yes. of pleasure, yes, let alone maybe emotional states that are vulnerable. Yes. Not safe to be yes. vulnerable if you're trying to survive. Yes. And my uh, heritage um, is German and English, neither of which value <laughs> pleasure. Uh, it's not at the top of their list. Right. And so I was raised to believe that pleasure is selfish, that laziness, uh, you know, leisure means laziness, right? Um, idleness means death. And so I'm wondering what kind of limiting beliefs you hear from women typically around the idea of pleasure and yeah. um, rest yeah, I don't, and relaxation. I don't, I don't often even use the word pleasure mm. because I know how that's going to be like, it's, it's gonna, uh, there's such pushback. Mm. pushback. I'll say, so what, so tell me something, so tell me something, um, one of the things that you're proud about, about yourself. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, there can be pushback right there. Oh, mm. I shouldn't speak. It, basically, I'm not supposed to speak highly of myself or I'm not supposed to be speak about myself at all. Right. And I, I forget, and then I'm stunned usually, yeah. again, by the response and I'll go, okay, let's break it down. Mm -hmm. Let's break it down. Let's see. Hmm. Okay, we've been working together for six months or a year. Oh, okay. Well, from my perspective and what you've told me, you're a really good mother and you're a really good mother because of these things. Mm -hmm. Okay. People have such difficulty take it in it, taking it in. And, and claiming it and absolutely um, bragging allowing about it or being proud of it. Allowing it. I remember Pasha, when I had um, a women's group way back in my first private practice in Boston, and it was one of the participants' birthdays. So off the, off the cuff, I said, oh, I want, to, I want to do something for your birthday. So I gave her my chair. It was a high back, sort of a queen chair. Nice. <laughs> it me down, but I was like, oh, I like this. So I said, sit in here and we're going to be nearby, but across. And we're going to just sit. And I said, I, your job is to receive, mm -hmm. cross your arms and legs. I didn't want, you know, this. Right. And we're going to just sit for a moment in silence. And then we're going to start telling you what we see. Mm. And it was just something like beautiful, mm. articulate, whatever that person we saw in them truly. Sure. And you would have thought we were shooting arrows at her, you know, yeah. and I'm not, I could replace her with so many women yeah. where it was hard to receive what was true. And did it almost hurt, do you think, when in relation to the arrow uh, metaphor, do you think it hurt because it felt so foreign or is it scary in its vulnerability to be seen um, or even acknowledge yeah. that mirror and I, how disconnected that is from our own sense of self? Yeah, I think it's, um, I th my perspective is generally it's foreign. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if we look at even when we were growing up or how boys got a lot of the attention in the classrooms, how boys were, the hands were, the boys, you know, even when I watch, um, I turn on a television show, it is highly unlikely, it's, it's changing, but it's highly unlikely that there, if there's an ensemble cast, it will be more males than females. Mm -hmm. Usually it used to be one female and the rest were males. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, okay, there's two females and there's four males. Right. You know, so, Again, I think it is so pervasive, mm -hmm. the messaging to women that we should, we are providers, we are nurturers, 
we are the life-giving ones. Mm -hmm. We are the life-sustaining ones, literally, if we are mothers of some sort or another. And we, that's our job. Mm -hmm. We should not need to be sustained. We should not need to be seen. Mm -hmm. We should not need to be heard. So that's the extreme. Yes. Yeah. And then what happens around midlife when motherhood is not as active, our kids are starting to grow up. Uh, we're starting to lose people, lose our parents, lose our partners, lose our peers. And then this existential crisis comes over and we're like, oh, I forgot about me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And is that the transition time or the catalyst moment for a lot of your clients? Is that not just empty nesting, but that mm -hmm. kind of yeah. midlife um, movement? Yeah. I, I, uh, when I had my office probably about two years ago, I, I was like, I joked and I said, you could see my windows from the street. And I was like, do I have a neon sign in the window that's saying midlife women, midlife women? <laughs> Because it, all of a sudden, all these midlife women started to come in. Yeah. And as you said, one came in, I, she didn't have children. And she was like, what the hell? What mm. is going on? Mm. What am I supposed to be doing? Where am I? You know? And I was like, oh, this is exciting. These are great questions. Yes. I, that lights me up too. To me, like you were talking about moving. To me, it's like, oh, there's a change coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And some of us prefer more change than others, but I think there's something about the opportunity of midlife, whether we have children that are launched or not. Um, but I think there's this chance for us to redesign our life and um, all of the hormonal changes and physical changes and emotional changes that take place in midlife. It's, it's hard not to notice them. <laughs> and so here they are in our face. We're like, oh, okay. Something's got to change. Um, otherwise, we tend to feel quite stuck, um, stuck in our patterns, stuck in our situations, um, and and in our conditioning. So yeah, it's quite liberating to break free from that. Right. And so helpful to have somebody like you to hold safe space for that process to happen. Yeah, because it can be again starting in a fear-based place. Right. And, and guess what? You know, here's the path you can go down. Oh gosh, this means my life's been a failure because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. now I don't even know what I'm supposed to do yet. And I'm 55 years old, let's say. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, no, let's, there are other paths. Mm -hmm. There are other paths of about like what, going back to pleasure, what brings you joy? Mm -hmm. What brings you pleasure? Mm -hmm. What lights you up? Yes. What brings you alive? You know, when I feel most alive, I, I sort of almost get to feeling like I'm shaking. I am shaking mm -hmm. with life. You know, it's a physical feeling. Yeah. And I don't live there all the time. I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, hey, there's more she's vibrating along. <laughs> I think that's why some people like me do lives and podcasts. Cause like, I miss that feeling of it was just a bit thrilling and scary, but that aliveness, those butterflies in the stomach, like I can't move every day. So I have to, you know, make my fun. Um, yeah. So yeah, finding things that light us up yeah. and bring us, but, and for somebody, it might be like sitting in a comfy chair, reading a book, but another person might need to skydive and I, both are good. They're That's both right. Good. That's right. Absolutely. And it's, it's the question of, please allow the question to the listeners of 
what brings and, and if pleasure is too hard of a word because it can be affiliated we can go to um religious organizations we can go to authority organizations we can go to bosses organizations of things that we've been told which are not supposed to be allowed and it's like well wait a minute there are things that bring you joy there are mm -hmm. things that bring you pleasure mm -hmm. so don't mm -hmm. forget that that's what i would start with don't forget that because it is there everyone you know unless they're in a severe state of depression in that moment um can remem remember they may not feel like they can attain it at all times yes you know but yes. for me like turning on a piece of music i used to have um this older phone and it had ringtone choices and i and i clicked on one and i absolutely loved it it was very latin and every single time my phone rang it made me want to dance and i i couldn't control myself and i'm like That's i've got cool. to get i've got to get a ringtone like that Yes. Because it sparked my joy every time the phone rang. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's a great tip is, you know, whether it's your text ding or your phone uh, ding, you know, yes, make it something fun that lights you up and makes you want to wiggle a little bit. That, that can pull you through uh, a difficult moment and then change your day. Those little tiny things that we sneak in and sprinkle in. And you mentioned depression. Um, and I've battled depression and anxiety before, and I do still have days where I'm kind of really heavy in the fog it feels like and need to curl up with a blankie and get through it and i'm starting to learn to find pleasure in sitting in that like sitting in the sadness in the sense that it's like this i feel so alive right now in this in this pain in this grief in this sadness that this is so much part of what life is that yes i'm blessed to be able to also access the the joy and the and the pleasure and the laughter but that that it's only because i have those deep deep lows and experience the darkness that the highs are so very high right now and apparent to me so i'm trying to embrace it all and it's it's hard yeah <laughs> well no that's a, that's an incredible example though pasha and i am someone who is you know i think this ties into i know some of those the, the newer avenue you're taking as well, which is ADD or ADHD. And I also have that. And with that often very much comes anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. It's part of the neurological system. Mm -hmm. And that will be for another, another podcast. But, mm -hmm. but, um, but I love that where you say it is part, I, I do believe, I do believe that, that the depths of the depression I've experienced in my life makes my joy that much greater as well. And, that, and there is a fine line, which I do want to speak to, is there is a place for people who are struggling with depression that what we're talking about is like you and I are saying, we know now how to access and pull ourselves out as well as being present with it. Mm -hmm. But for some with depression, it can be just such a deep, dark, black hole mm -hmm. that even what we're talking about seems impossible. Absolutely. And that's where, again, I would, of course, put out please seek really good help for that because I don't want to diminish the struggle yes. of someone with severe depression. Thank you. Yes. And I mean, this sounds like a good opportunity to normalize mental illness and medication. I take medication. Um, I'll just speak for myself um, that I take medication for ADHD. Mm -hmm. um, I take medication for hormones and I take medication to help me sleep because of PTSD. And I've 
processed a lot of shame in, in limiting beliefs around not being able to be holistic and clean. And, um, and there comes a time where we make a decision as to what is um, safest or healthiest for us at that moment. So it's really great to hear from a therapist um, who also empowers women to mm -hmm. say, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to um, talk to your doctor or therapist about your depression, your mental illness, and it's also okay to ask for meds to help you through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, you know, how would that potentially bring someone to more pleasure and joy? Mm -hmm. You know, and there's so much stigma, especially around medication for um, our neurological challenges and depression and anxiety and many of the others. Mm -hmm. where I have talked repeatedly to clients and I never was a huge component of it, but I have seen it help people yeah. like nothing else. Yes. And I'm not saying across the board, it, it is quite a undertaking to mm -hmm. find potentially a medication that can be helpful. But again, yeah, all the different avenues, our medical model has some great things for us and mm -hmm. some things we might say, eh, we need to change some of the direction of our medical model. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so good for us to um, <laughs> forgive ourselves and give each other grace um, and, and sometimes just surrendering. I, today I was thinking, okay, what are the things I can control? What are the things I can't control? Try to release and surrender to those things that are out of my control. Try to build strength and courage in the things I can. And it's a daily practice. It's a daily practice and it's humbling and scary um, and sisterhood or a coach or a therapist. I don't know. I don't know what I'd do without That's those. Right. So, well, I think, yeah, I think excellent, excellent point, Pasha. You know, I just finished uh, a coaching group and it was the first real experience of sisterhood mm. in a coaching group that yeah. made all the difference for me. Nice. It, you know, it was us in our journey to bring more to the people we're trying to serve, but also doing it in an honest and authentic way as women. So that if, if the challenge is, okay, get a video up or do something. Well, it's scary, especially at first. And guess what? When you, when you can speak that in your group and say, oh, I'm just, I can't do it. I feel stuck or I'm scared. Or I, you know, it's that for me, it's the first step usually. Mm -hmm. First steps are my hardest. Once I do it, I'm like, okay, I'm alive. I'm still alive. I did it. <laughs> And, you know, you know, I'm watching you and I'm like, oh my God, Pasha is such an inspiration. I can't even keep up with you with all the incredible directions you're going. And I love the variety of directions that you're going as well. ADHD creative mind. Well, I love that. I'm like, I don't have that kind of ADHD. <laughs> I do, but I don't. And I go, okay. You know, and then, then we have to, again, pleasure. We have yeah. to watch for. So if I observe what Pasha is doing in her work brilliantly. Guess what? I have to watch for what happens when I'm watching Pasha do these great offerings and go, what is, what meaning am I going to give it? Am I going to give it that I'm not doing it as well as Pasha? And, and am, am I going to give it that she's doing it better or I can't, or, you know, all the little places we assess, we assess every single thing, every single day. Our and minds wait. are yes, no, good, bad, right, wrong, on and on and on. It's our, it's our primal brain. <laughs> and I could, I could admire somebody's work and aspire to it and then try it on. And it's not in my pleasure. And I'm like, oh, well, that's just not, that's just not my, my style. It's not going to light me up every day. So it's what you're saying is so good. Like let's, 
let's look at other people and see whether what we can aspire to and rise to and really tap into our inner knowing and intuition and our own personal energy and lifestyle and all of our circumstances and say, okay, you know, this is possible and this is in my pleasure. Okay, this feels aligned with my personality, purpose, and passion. Um, so yeah, it's a constant, it's a constant reevaluating though, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, well, and, and even putting out those offerings, Pasha, I don't know if you've put out any where you say, mm, you know, I'm gonna change that one up. Yes, you can or I'm going to let that one go and not view it as a failure. Yes, because I think the only failure, and it's so easy, because I my first the first steps for me are the hardest. That's yeah. where I get the most paralyzed. So if I so it's I'm more prone to not do it mm-hmm. if, I, if the first step is the hardest. Yes, but again, incorporating support by another coach or therapist. Um, so a supportive sisterhood of women friends that are brilliant that say, go for it, go Mm -hmm. for it. Stumble. I have a new private Facebook group. I am, I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. I don't, I don't, I want to do it well. And I don't care because I'm doing it. You're doing it. I'm, I'm giving, I'm saying, here it is. If you don't like it, that's okay. And I'm having fun and I'm good colors and I'm writing, I'm doing more writing. And so it's that, it's that yeah. allowing what what the, what we need to break out of, which mm-hmm. is the lies that have been mm-hmm. living in women for way too long. Mm-hmm. And we need to help each other continue to rise from that and find what truly is our voices as women. Yes, absolutely. Because we even repeat the patriarchy without knowing it. Mm-hmm. I'll give mm-hmm. you an example. I... Uh, this was many years ago. I had a friend who had a baby and I had just got married, had no children and we're on the phone. And she says, well, the doctor who delivered my baby and it struck me in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, FedEx delivers. (laughs) I I said, they ring your doorbell and they hand you a package. And I said, I said, you delivered your baby. No one else. I don't care if you've had a cesarean. I don't care if you've adopted. I don't care if your child came out your ear. You d- grew a human being and you delivered your baby with some assistance. Mm. And I feel very strongly about that because women mm. deliver their babies. Mm. Women go through this process of birthing, which is intense. Mm-hmm. And to say that the doctor who delivered my baby, for me, it takes complete credit away from what actually has truly just happened. Yeah. And yet that is in our languaging. Um, That's interesting. And I'm sure there's a hundred examples of things that we say like that, that um, we just don't even recognize are in our language and, and yet take away our power. So yeah, I think that's, that's good to raise our awareness to that, how we phrase things, the doctor that I'm sure I've said that. I'm sure I've said that myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So good changes are coming. Good changes are coming. (laughs) Yeah. I've heard so many women say, you know, this is the year of the woman. This is the year of the vulva. Like I feel that. And actually we're quite fortunate because I feel especially this way in this Portland, Maine, lovely mm-hmm. area where I feel like our, um, 
our community supports mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and female leaders and women and is inclusive. So I just feel, I feel really good about this. So I'm not moving from Maine. I'm just moving down the street. But yeah. <laughs> Yay. Because I get bored so easy. Tasha's just moving. She's already rising. She's just moving down the road. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the kind of move that could be done in a minivan. I don't even need like to, you know, hire a U-Haul truck. <laughs> We're just going to make a hundred different minivan trips. Um, so Maureen, how could people reach you if they want to join your group or hire you as a coach? Yeah. Oh, great. Great question. Well, my website is under construction right now. <laughs> That's what it's called. That'd be funny. I'll probably say that. Um, and that is easy to remember. It is uh, maureendarling.com. And it, Maureen is spelled because it can be tricky. M-A-U-R-E-E-N and darling as it sounds. Darling. Uh, I'd love for people to come over and into my uh, Maureen Darling's circle of wisdom awakening. And that is for men and women because that's my free private Facebook group. So I'm just making offerings there and, and getting on my feet there and we'll start nice. posting videos and such. Um, they can also message me there or they can send me an email at maureen at maureendarling.com. Maureen at MaureenDarling.com. And of course, in the show notes, I always include ways to reach our guests. So that will be easy for you all. Um, and hopefully this conversation uh, was inspiring, empowering, or just like awakened a different part of your mind, body, spirit that, that was needing to be awoken today, that it served you at the exact right time. And um reach out to either of us to continue the conversation. We'd love to, we'd love to talk to you, meet you. Um, so thank you, Maureen, for coming. My pleasure, Pasha. Thank you. Thank you for creating this You're welcome. and being who you are. Again, you're an inspiration. You light up the world. And uh, thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been my pleasure as well. Always a pleasure. Pleasure to talk to you all out there. And if any of you out there like this conversation and want to hear more, if you subscribe to the podcast, you get notifications and then it makes the podcast look better, which is good for us. So we can continue to sustain it. And we're looking for sponsors, people who want to sponsor the podcast. So if you're out there with a service or a product and you think let pleasure be the measure is a good podcast uh, platform for you, I would love to talk. So thank you all for being here and we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you, Pasha. Bye. Thanks, Maureen. Thank